All right. Here is part two of the show that Kyla Mills uh, hosted earlier today on Tuesday, December 6th, a day after the Warriors dropped a brutal game at home to the Indiana Pacers, snapping their 10-game home winning streak. And folks, there's a lot to talk about with this Golden State Warriors team, and especially if their aspirations are going to continue regarding a repeat world championship. So here we go. Part two. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. We're on the YouTube tip. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with a promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com. Use the promo code Locked On. You can follow Kylan Mills on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Kylan Mills. Super easy. You can follow me on Twitter at Dog Surf Roadshow. Kylan, by the way, did you, uh, we were talking off the air we were, were uh, texting about you maybe using prize picks did you did you sign up what did you, i didn't your... yet no <laughs> you did it okay no <laughs> it's fun it's kind of addicting uh but it's super fun all right uh i want to touch on uh moses moody we haven't talked about him yet and for those of you that joined in late um by the way no i've not i've not eviscerated anthony lamb in tonight's show it is just unnecessary i i, I think all of you have spoken plenty I actually thought the Warriors needed him because they had no size, and he's one of the very few quote-unquote bigs at 6'5 to come off the bench for this team. But Moses Moody uh, played eight minutes in the first half. I think it was a combination of first and second quarter minutes, and then we never saw him again. This has been a, a constant critique of mine in regard to Steve Kerr, regardless of whether or not a player is playing good or bad. Um, when they're that age, when you're 20 years old, you're a second-year player like Moody is, they need reps. They got to play. And it's the only way they're going to get good. And sometimes, and we saw this with Kaminga especially, players sometimes need to warm up. Sometimes they got to develop a rhythm. Sometimes they got to get in the flow of the game. And they're not going to do that in just eight minutes of play, right? We we spoke earlier in the show, Kylan, where you mentioned like the short leash that Kerr gives to young players versus veterans. Even like Lamb, who makes mistake after mistake, but he just keeps him out there. But when Moody makes mistakes, he's done for the night. You don't even see him ever again. Um, I know again, no disputing. He had a bad start to the game and his stat line for the night, uh, in those eight minutes, he had zero points, did have two rebounds, uh, and was over one from three. That was his only shot attempt. Um, but did you agree with Kerr taking him out and not playing him again in the third quarter? Like, like what's your thoughts on this whole philosophy of the short leash for youngsters versus the long leash, uh, for the veterans and case in point, the Pacers clearly not subscribing to that because we saw, a rookie uh, in Nemhart played 41 minutes and light up the Warriors. So your thoughts on Moody and just the way Kerr is playing these youngsters. I, I mean, I said it earlier in the show that I think the youngsters need a longer leash and they need the opportunity to play through some of those mistakes. Um, this is what the Warriors signed up for this season. You know, this is what they were predicating their bench presence being around is 
the young players being contributors. And I think that Moses Moody did not play well last night. Um, and I think it, not even showing in the box score was defensively. I don't think he was good. Um, the Warriors in general were just lacking energy on defense. And then specifically Moody, I think at times was out of position and not where he needed to be. Um, however, I, I would have liked to see him get another chance. And I think that there needs to be a little bit more leeway for some of these young guys to, to play through some of their mistakes and, and to play through some bad showings for a couple of minutes, because like I said, this is what the Warriors signed up for this season was the combination of chasing a championship. And then also with the veterans they have and superstars they have, and then also developing the young talent. But if they get pulled out, you know, if they're not playing well for five minutes or six minutes, then they're not going to develop. And it's a fine line to walk when the Warriors are losing. And if you feel like those, you know, young players aren't contributing to winning and you're losing and you need to get wins, then, you know, yeah, I get that's a tough decision. But at the same time, like that's how this roster was built. Yeah. Like you mentioned, you know, Cyrus, just that the Warriors didn't have many other people to turn to on the bench last night. And, you know, I think the depth is questionable this season. But to me, the Warriors are depending on these young players to be able to significantly impact the game uh, come the end of the season if they want to win, if they, at least especially if they don't make any moves. I think there's still the opportunity to sign someone or to potentially look at the trade, although we know Bob Myers doesn't like to trade midseason. Um, but to me, that's kind of the, you know, that's the bed the Warriors made and now they need to lie in it. And and. You know, we even heard about it last season going into this season and, and in the offseason that the Warriors were expecting these young players to now be ready. They're ready. They're ready to make bigger, you know, bigger contributions. They're ready, you know, to be impact players in the second unit. And in reference to I heard that about all three um, from members of the Warriors organization in regards to Wiseman, Moody and Kaminga. And, you know, you have to give them the opportunity to play through their mistakes, I think, because that's the way that, you know, you kind of built this team agreed i you know the 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 fact that myers i gotta do my research because you're right I'm, i've been thinking since we started or this since that point was first brought up that myers doesn't like to do uh mid-season trades and i can't think of one right now um i'll do some research on that but look we got a we got an active chat group here and i'm not going to open this up to you folks a because i and, and kyle i'm going to ask you this as well and i'm going to play the soundbite from kerr uh uh after I asked this question, because uh, Kerr did talk about um, uh, losing to the Pacers, why he thought they lost uh, to the Pacers. I do appreciate the fact that Steve Kerr is, is taking blame himself because um, he should. I mean, a lot of this is him and the rotations he's thrown out there and the minutes he's, he's giving to players. And he does have a very strong influence in terms of personnel decisions. But I love from the chat, A, throw out trade proposals. I'm curious. If you folks have ideas out there, like I saw – uh, someone mentioned like James Wiseman for Jeremy Grant. Yeah, I I would do that. I absolutely would do that. I don't know if the, the Blazers would do that. Um, but I'm also curious, is it time to trade Wiseman? Because a lot of folks in Santa Cruz are saying he's looking great there. Um, a lot of people still think long-term he's going to be fantastic. Um, oh, and yeah, no cap brings up that the Wiggins trade was mid-season, even though that was kind of like a wasted year. But yeah, that, that gives a that gives a good point. But throw out, throw out in the chat. Uh, any trade proposals, all right? Uh, we got the, the 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 stream is active, so if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it all. Uh, but we'll verbalize it. Um, and I want to play this this clip again from Steve Kerr because I do appreciate that he's taking the blame. Um, that part I do love. At least he is not in denial about his role in all this. 
And here was his comments on last night's loss to the Pacers. Uh, yeah, our guys retired, but that's all part of the NBA. You know, um, you, Indiana's going to play three and four days. Everybody else is going to do the same thing. So it's just part of the season. I, I just thought they came in and, and um, outplayed us, outcoached us. Um, it was almost a carbon copy of last year's game, you know, with uh, different personnel, obviously. Um, but, you know, I, the same thing happened last year. Um, they had three or four guys out and they came in and took it to us. And, um, you know, that first quarter, um, it was obvious right away just how uh, fast and athletic and and um, aggressive um, they were. And we were swimming upstream the entire night. Yeah, they were. Um, Kylan, do you see anything in the chat that sticks out for trades? <laughs> I see Kerf and Mike. Just, I just read that one, too, and I was laughing. Okay, interesting, interesting. Well, a yeah, lot of people, what's interesting to me is a lot of people are blaming Steve Kerr in the chat for not coaching up these young players and developing these young players who, you know, aren't coming along at the pace people want them to be coming along, which, you know, I think is interesting. How much of the blame can you put on a coaching staff when the young players aren't ready and they aren't performing at the level you're expecting them to? How much of it is just growing pains and, and part of the process? And something uh, that I tweeted out a week or two ago that got a lot of responses was that, you know, Steve Kerr said in a practice availability that he had conversations with Steph Curry and Draymond Green about when they felt like they were really ready and they were there and they had arrived and they were impacting games, you know, positively on a regular basis. And they both were saying years three and four. Um, so is it just a part of the process in year two that Moody and Kaminga aren't ready? And, and was this some type of disconnect between the coaches and the front office where the front office is expecting these guys to be ready to contribute at a championship level and to where the coaching staff feels like, hey, maybe that's not realistic right now. Um, so I don't know. I think it's an interesting issue. Um Someone, yeah, I, I know a lot of one trade that's been, and someone suggested this one trade that's been generating a lot of chat is pretty potentially picking up Alex Caruso, especially after that clip following the Bulls game that showed Steve Kerr having some words with Caruso. I do like the idea of adding that, you know, really defensive juggernaut similar to what Gary Payton II brought to the team last year. But I still think the biggest need is a big. So I wouldn't want to make that trade with the idea of ever jeopardizing picking up a big. I think a big needs to be the priority because of, the amount of guards that are already on this roster. And then I'm not opposed to a Caruso trade. If it involved Wiseman and potentially a future pick, I would be all for that, but we need a big, and someone else also pointed out in the chat, like what's the deal? Why wouldn't Kerr sign Kerr and Myers and Lake? Why wouldn't they sign cousins? I mean, he seems like he would be a budget option to bring in someone who already knows the system it's kind of interesting that that's something that hasn't seriously been discussed yet. And I think no cap brought up, there were some reports that apparently someone said that he, someone in the Warriors organization told cousins, I don't know if it was Myers that he has a bad attitude or that his attitude I'll, is the reason why he's not in the league right now. Um, I'll touch on that in a second. Um, I, I, I'm seeing all this. I'm going to address all of that because I do have some inside information. Uh, by the way, I, I'm starting to, uh, I have an inside source with Kaminga now. Um, just so you folks know, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to get more into that, but I got I got some good inside info on Kaminga, which is awesome. I love that kid. I think he's the future of the Warriors. I'm going to I'm going to address all this in just a moment because I do have an answer for Cousins and a few others. Uh, first, got to give some love to Kylan's uh, favorite new gambling platform, Prize Picks. She's already mortgaged the entire house on it. I'm kidding, uh -huh. obviously, um, but you might get into this and it's super fun, folks. It is. It is. 
uh, I, all you do, you pick two, two, you, a minimum of two players. Uh, I believe the maximum amount of players is six. And you're just betting over-unders. It's just, for example, Stephen Curry probably had an over-under last night of 28 and a half points. And do you think he's going to score more than that or less than that? And you pick that. Uh, do you think uh, Nemhard? Jesus, if you pick any over on him, you're going to score huge um, if he was available. All you're doing is picking over-unders. And whether it's points, assists, rebounds, I think blocks and steals are, are some stats. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections that are available. And it's not just the NBA. You could also bet on NFL. Uh, Brock Purdy might have some interesting lines. I like that kid, by the way, Kylan. What are you, what are you really quickly uh, diverting to the, to the 49ers? What are your Brock Purdy thoughts? Do you have any? Honestly, he looked good. He was making throws, and he looked really confident in the pocket. Um, I think it was kind of surprising for Mr. Irrelevant what we saw and how ready he looked. I mean, he led a couple of really nice drives, and I like him too. I do too. Yeah. So whatever you want to, we want to um, pick whatever sport you want to play with uh, price picks is the platform for you. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. And the withdrawals are safe and fast. You don't have to deal with sketchy wire services. Um, it's, and it's available in California folks and avail and also 30 other States and more uh, in the United States and Canada as well. Download the price picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. And if you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. It's that simple. And it doesn't have to be $100. If all you have is $50 or $25 or $10, they will match it. All you got to do is enter the promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. <laughs> On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen today. After us, check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever. You get your podcast. You can follow Kyla Mills on Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok at Kylan Mills. You can follow me on Twitter, Cyrus Sotsis at Dog Surf Roadshow. Um, oh, no cap. I don't know if that's true. I haven't seen that. Kylan, I don't know if you can confirm this or not, but apparently uh, James Wiseman has been recalled uh, for the Utah game. This cur courtesy of a very reliable source, no cap 757 in our YouTube chat. <laughs> Do not reporting hey, that fact. But no cap, uh, Kylan is on it. Uh, we'll see if that's going to actually happen. Um, look, DeMarcus Cousins is highly unlikely to ever join the Warriors for the simple reason that for some reason, and I've heard this from multiple sources, uh, don't take this as fact, but given the amount of people I've heard this from, I, I think it's safe to say that Kerr and Wiseman just do not mesh uh, as a coach-player tandem uh, and do not do not expect Wiseman to cut to the – not Wiseman, I'm sorry, uh, DeMarcus Cousins – uh, to join the Golden State Warriors. Um, the Dwight Howard thing is weird. The Warriors uh, uh, quashed that uh, speculation when Dwight Howard came out and said he would love to play for the Warriors. Uh, the Warriors basically just said, nah, no, I don't think so. Um, and again, Kylan, last year even, we were talking a lot 
about the fact that the Warriors needed big, and they responded with nothing. I mean, this is a team that sticks with uh, uh, the small ball lineup, and maybe rightfully so. I mean, when you look at the final four teams last year uh, in the playoffs, Warriors, Mavericks, Celtics, Miami Heat, none of them really had a, tr a traditional big center. Um, I, 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 you know, like the, the biggest players were probably Time Lord for the Celtics, who's 6'10", uh, Bam Adebayo of the of the Heat, similarly, but none of them have like that true big uh, that you envision a team like the Warrior, like a James Wiseman, for example. Um, so I don't know if you need it. I would love it. I'm totally with you. I would love it just to ease the burden of Draymond Green, uh, ease the burden of Jamichael Green, I guess, Kaminga, whoever Kerr is putting in there for the in the center position. I would not mind just some reinforcements just to give uh, uh, the regulars a breather. Um, by the way, uh, did, are we confirmed? Is Wiseman playing? I don't, yes, he yes, it's confirmed. Mm -hmm. Wiseman is going to be called. The team announced it. What do you think? Um, I mean, I think it's a good thing. I mean, I think that Wiseman deserves another chance to try to play, um, you know, to play with the Golden State Warriors rather than the Santa Cruz Warriors. And he put up good numbers. And that's kind of what I was just looking at. I mean, Wiseman was averaging 15 and a half points, 15.6, 10.1 rebounds and 1.14 blocks in 26 minutes per game with the Santa Cruz Warriors. And, and I, I'll be curious to see how he does and if that time and if um, you know, that opportunity to grow will make a difference. And, you know, we'll just have to see. Um, one thing that I think a couple of people are pointing out in the chat, and I know you just said it too, Cyrus, and this is something my husband asked me. He's like, well, you know, the Warriors weren't big last year, but they still managed to win a championship. Why do you feel like that's such a need this year? And one of my biggest things is just because the bench last year actually did have more size than this year's bench. Um, when you look at Nemanja Bielitsa, Otto Porter Jr., and Andre Iguodala, all three of those guys were regularly getting minutes in the second unit. So those are three bigger players who all have different skill sets, but at least bring some size to the floor. Um, and then to me, this year, just without those three and without the depth, in addition to the fact that the Warriors didn't really replace Gary Payton the second they don't I mean I think Dante DiVincenzo is strong defensively but he's just not the same at being able to lock down players the way GP2 did so I just think because they don't have that depth that now it's just more glaringly obvious and now the Warriors can just be exposed even more for their lack of size specifically in the minutes especially when Draymond Green and Kevon Looney are off the floor and then another reason why that I think they really need to pick up a big is to look to get a more athletic big because of what I mentioned earlier in the podcast is that Kevon Looney struggles against stretch bigs. And to be frank, he's just very slow. And I think they do need to add in another big who's more athletic to just provide some relief in those minutes that Draymond Green isn't on the floor because Looney didn't play a lot last night. Um, you know, and part of the reason was because so because of some of those matchups and Draymond Green can't play the whole game, and I don't just mm -hmm. don't think they have that athleticism coming in off the bench. And I don't think Jermichael Green brings that athleticism off the bench. And so can they add someone who does? And it's not someone that's going to need to do a lot, but just to fill some of those gaps. Um, and then I also I, I like the idea of adding Caruso, I do, to add that defensive presence. But to me, that's where I would like to see one more athletic big. I've seen a bunch of different people being thrown out in the chat. I love Jared Vanderbilt. I think he's fantastic. I don't know what it would take to get him here, though. So I saw his name being thrown out a lot. Miles Turner is, you know, obviously would be huge. But I'm just saying, even just 
way lower down the roster adding a big, you know, and that's where I brought up DeMarcus Cousins because I'm like, we don't need him to do a lot. You just need him to fill some of those gaps. Um, I don't know what you think about that, Cyrus. You know, well, first of all, I would love Caruso. Um, would love him. I think, you know, I, I think, you know, you don't have to be a professional loop reader to have seen what Kerr was saying to him. Like, we'd love to have you on the team. I have no idea what that was in reference to. Kerr is also uh, the head coach of the Olympic team. I, but I don't know if he's, if Caruso would be part of that. I have no idea what that meant. That was weird. Um, and it was interesting for sure. I don't know if I would give up Wiseman for Caruso straight up, though. What I would love, what I would support, is if the Bulls would be down to uh, give up Caruso and Pat Williams for Wiseman. Um, if that means the Warriors have to throw in an extra first-round pick, so be it. If that's the trade, fully endorse. Um, if it's just Wiseman for Caruso, eh, I don't know. I don't know. That's the Because we still don't know what we're going to get out of, out of Wiseman. Here is my dream big. Uh, I brought this up actually in the Krug show last week. I go on his show sometimes after games or otherwise. Um, and it, it it hit me like an epiphany. It, it was like, just like, whoa. And I started actually looking at the numbers and I started just kind of brainstorming about how, how uh, you know, nice of a fit he would be. To me, Bam Adebayo would be perfect the Golden State Warriors. Like the more I thought about it, the more it kind of occurred to me, Bam Adebayo would be like, a dream center and if that means like like i mean i would trade wiseman for him absolutely uh and i would go so far as to say if if you know if you have to include Draymond green for salary purposes i would do it if it meant bam out of bio coming back i would do it um i don't know if the miami heat are ready to make a trade like that i don't know if they'd be willing to um i know and, and again solomon's tech you might be right it, it, maybe that's just a pipe dream but he would be absolutely perfect uh, for this Golden State Warriors team. Yeah, otherwise, I'm down for Alex Crusoe. I absolutely am. Um, I just, I don't think, I think Wiseman might be too big of an ask, especially since the Bulls might get desperate sooner than later, and, and they might start a fire sale. And um, if you can get Pat Williams also for Wiseman, I love it. People are saying I've gone too far uh, for asking for Bam out of bio. Um, and, and yeah, so <laughs> I love that um anyway i love bam out of bio but i just don't think there's any way that's going to happen i don't think any trade involving wiseman and out bio would ever be signed <laughs> off on by the miami heat and i also think there's absolutely no way the bulls are going to give up patrick williams and alex caruso for wiseman or even wiseman in one pick i think there'd have to be multiple multiple futures for them to sign off on that because Wiseman, as a lot of people are even doubting, you know, surrounding the Golden State Warriors is clearly not ready. And it's just a big question mark. He's unproven. And we know what we, we get from Caruso and then Patrick Williams, I actually really like, and I think he has a lot of potential, but I just don't see them giving up two pieces for Wiseman and even one draft pick. I think there'd have to be multiple involved. And I don't know if that's worth it then at the end of the day. Give him multiple. I don't care. I, I want Bam out of bio. That's my dream. Um, why do you think? Uh, here's a huge conundrum in that in that Pacers game. You brought up Kevon Looney. I haven't responded to that yet. Um, when you look at his numbers last night, it was bad. I mean, he, he did score uh, six points. Uh, was two for two from the field. You know, very simple. You know, uh, just you know, drives and layups pretty much. Uh, added a pair of free throws. Did have seven rebounds in only 13 minutes of play. But like you said, he's sometimes can be slow footed defensively, especially against stretch bigs where he's forced to come out and defend. I, I thought Kevon Looney was supposed to be a, a player who as, as your center 
can handle switches, can handle stretch fives, but he was exposed last night. And I hate criticizing Looney because, I mean, we all love him for a good reason. Jermichael Green, supposed to be the backup center, comes in, similarly just doesn't do much. You know, he had seven points in, in eight-plus minutes of play. Um, he was oftentimes getting beat. He wasn't matching the aggressiveness that Isaiah Jackson was bringing, that Jalen Smith was bringing. Um, they're in trouble. If wise, like, look, folks, again, I, I want to save this all for next week. The whole, like, whether or not this is officially time to hit a panic button type type place, whether or not the Warriors have to make a trade, because I really want to see how they handle the Celtics first, who right now are the cream of the crop in the regular season. But the Warriors might be in a place where you're right it, the, with Looney and Jermichael Green as your bigs with James Wiseman, who Steve Kerr has no confidence in clearly um, as your backup big who, you know, the moment he plays just opens a floodgate of criticism from Dub Nation. Um, I don't know what the hell the answer is, Kylan. I mean, is 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 there an answer to you? I mean, is, I mean, this is where like I don't. I don't think Dwight Howard would be a bad idea. They they need something. They need something because you're right. They never replaced Bielitsa. I would take Bielitsa over um, Jermichael Green right now. Like I, I would easily, happily do that. Um, I think you folks who have watched the show for a while saw how and gloom I was when the Warriors lost Gary Payne II. They never replaced him. I thought Dante DiVincenzo was nice, but they're not the same. But that center position is, dude, that's a blemish. Like the whole inside is a huge issue. Um yeah, your thoughts on what I just said. No, I mean, that's pretty much what I've been saying this whole time is that I don't think the Warriors have enough enough depth right now with Jamichael Green as, as the backup center or, you know, potentially Draymond, I guess. But, you know, Draymond can't be on the floor the entire game. And to me, exactly what you said was something I identified last night in that Kevon Looney was exposed because he can't play against stretch bigs. And when he has to come out and defend, that's a big weakness for him. And I do think he is slow defensively. Um, and that's why a couple people have mentioned in the chat, they think Kevon Looney would actually be better as a backup center and someone coming in off the bench in the second unit. And I kind of don't disagree with that. I think that Kevon Looney is effective and is very effective in certain matchups. I think that he can be, you know, he has the potential to be a starter, but certain matchups he's completely exposed and he's ineffective. So that's where you need to have an alternative and the dubs don't have an alternative. They need a more athletic big and Jamichael Green, not that either. Uh, and, you know, like someone just pointed out, Dre is in the center. No, absolutely not. You know, that is not his true position. But right now, like the words don't have a lot of options. Like if Kevon Looney is going up against a stretch big and he's completely being destroyed defensively and, and he's just too slow and he's a liability, then what are the, what are the Warriors options? And there are certain teams where I think he's going to be exposed. So what, you know, there aren't enough, you know, there aren't enough options and there isn't the depth right now. Like, what do you do if you're the Warriors? I mean, they don't have a choice. They've got Jamichael Green or Draymond Green. To me, Jamichael's also not athletic enough and, and a little bit slow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, this is, this is a potential crisis that's emerging. I, again, Dre is fine as your death lineup center, not as your center for 30 plus minutes a game. You can't right. do that. Um, and not to mention, like, you saw his back give out last year when you're doing that. If you're trying to win a championship and you're and you're constantly putting that burden on him, um, dude, I don't know how he's going to handle that. I don't know how his body's going to hold up. Uh, I want to finish the show uh, with um, talking about 
the refereeing, which is continually atrocious. Uh, I mean, I feel like there's a blatant bias uh, that's constantly running against the Warriors. Um, Stephen Curry even commented on that. You know, it's it's uh, it's not every day you see players and coaches uh, publicly expressing disdain or any form of emotion pertaining to officiating, given they might face a hefty fine for that. Um, but Clay decided to talk about it regardless. So here's Clay Thompson. Um, and more specifically talking about the unusual amount of carry calls and travel calls uh, being called. Sorry to be redundant. By this, is Steph. this is Steph and not Clay, FYI. I don't know. Did if I say Clay? Meant- I'm sorry. Thank you for oh, correcting me. Okay. I just want to make sure you have the right clip up. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Sorry. I meant Stephen Curry. Here's, so here's Steph talking about the officials. Hey, Steph. I know there's only so much you could say about this, but with the caring, it seems like it's a call for the refs. Like, be hard to make consistently you know i know then dallas or some luca could have maybe gone either way tonight maybe them hard too just kind of your thoughts on the consistency of it with the refs and how hard that might be able to call as the season goes forward it's a good question just because what is the true definition of it what are the ones that are you know, pretty egregious that some, you know, I guess, traditionally they've let go and now they're trying to crack down on it and now it might sway a little bit overboard to um, some that are kind of iffy. I really didn't think mine was. And you can tell, like, usually when you carry and you get away with it, there's a reaction. Usually, you know, when you get called for it, it's like, yeah, I did that. When I had the reaction I had, it was like I didn't know what I did wrong. and. A big moment in the game when you're trying to you know fight your way back into it so i'm sure that stuff will work itself out it's not anything i'm thinking about when i'm out there you just play basketball because you know how to play know how to dribble but you just hope they get them all right sorry that's all you can hope for um is that they get it right i think it's utterly absurd how many travel calls and, and it's not consistent uh the warriors seem to be picked on a lot more um, and then I found this image uh, that I want to share with folks, uh, Kyle, before I get your reaction to that. Um, this is from Basketball Index. And again, this is mostly for the YouTube viewers. And we'll end the show on this note. I know, Kyle, you got to run. Um, but and I don't know how accurate this is, but this is basically a chart that compares um, isolation of fa- fouls and how often they draw that versus um, the, the, the foul draw of drives. Um, however you want to interpret this, the point of it is that Stephen Curry is being discriminated. He's right there in terms of the fewest amount of calls, given how often he drives, the fewest amount of calls, given how often he's in isolation. Um, he's at the bottom of the pack. He's not getting calls. I've seen other more specific stats related to this, uh, and I'll try to pull that up for a future show, but it's blatant discrimination, blatant. And I don't understand... I don't even understand how you can argue against that at this point. Normally, people, when I've complained about officiating in the past, I usually get some sort of pushback from other team fan bases, like, oh, our guy gets called to. I haven't heard anything from everyone, anyone else this year. It seems to be incredibly one-sided. Uh, your thoughts on all of this, Kylan? Steph Curry has long, I think, been mistreated by referees. Like, I don't think Steph Curry ever gets calls, but that's, like, not something new. Um, the carrying thing is new and I think it's ridiculous because it's not being called consistently whatsoever, like not even close to consistently. And like, I know we've talked in previous episodes about that Luka Doncic clip that went around that someone created where they identified the amount of times 
uh, that he carried the ball yes. while playing against the Warriors. And yes. like, I mean, it just goes to show like what, how are they determining when to make the calls? Like, I understand that sometimes stars get leeway, but still, you know, and I think that I just saw one posted as well about John Morant today from that same uh, Twitter user. And I'll have to get the handle for next episode to give him appropriate <laughs> credit. But it's just there has to be consistency. And I just think the whole carrying crackdown, like I understand if you want to try to, you know, make the game more clean and get it back to true basketball because th there is a lot of sloppiness out there. But then you have to call it fairly. You have to call it consistently. And it's not even close. And another play that I wanted to point out, I was just trying to look it up on my phone to find when it happened. But there was a time late in the second quarter with just over two minutes to go that Steph Curry was on the ball. I think it was maybe coming off a screen, but he got like totally run into. And then he got he got called for the travel. Yes, I remember, I remember that. that. Yes. And I was just like, what? And Steph was mad about it. And they showed the replay. And I was like, how does that, how is that a travel? And he literally got pushed. <laughs> like he got pushed. Like, how is that a travel and not a foul? I don't know. That that was one that I remember I thought was bad last night. In addition to, like I said, the caring thing uh, makes me mad. But I, that was just like, what? And Steph was like, what? Like, I just got pushed and, you know, like, obviously he took a step or whatever, but how is the contact not being called, but the travel's being called? It yeah. just, it makes no sense, but it does make sense because Steph Curry, like you said, I don't think he has ever, ever gotten favorable calls in, in the NBA, or at least not since his rise to fame, like. Yeah, uh, I agree. And by the way, Gilbert, uh, the Locked On crossovers, uh, they'll be back soon. They, we save those for the postseason, mostly the offseason. Everyone's busy. I want to finish uh, the show on this quick note. Uh, this is courtesy of a Twitter account called Kaminga Muse, uh, which supports Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, and they pulled this stat, which is fantastic. When Kerr plays Kaminga a minimum of 20 minutes in a game, Kaminga responds with 16.3 points per game, five rebounds per game, 1.3 blocks per game. He shoots 50% from the field. He shoots 45% from three point so the point is player youngsters you saw what happened with a rookie that just ate up your team steve he ate up team you have rookies of your own play them uh yeah so anything else before we're done i think i'm tapped no, but this will be a very telling week, I think, for the Golden State Warriors. They've got a tough test in the Utah Jazz, and that Boston Celtics game is going to say a lot. So I'm very curious to see how that plays out. And I'm really hoping someone said in the chat like way earlier, uh, they think the Warriors are going to get blown out by 30 against the Celtics. I really hope that's not the case. I really hope I'm proven wrong, but I, or that, you know, they're proven wrong, but I am, I am very concerned about how the Warriors are going to be able to take down the Celtics at this point. By the way, real quick, Fio, am I being arrogant? Like what am I being arrogant about buddy or girl? I don't know. I, but what am I being arrogant today? Kylan? I know I've, I've been accused of that. And, Usually when I get accused of it, it's because I'm I'm flying high on the Warriors. I think they're the best team. People don't like me saying that sometimes. But I, I'm not saying that now. What am I being arrogant about? I, I think the Warriors have serious issues. <laughs> am I being arrogant? Is it about Kaminga? I don't the know. The only thing I can think Whatever. is about how you keep advocating for the young players to play. But, I mean, I don't know that that's arrogance. That's just your opinion. And I don't think it it's a like bad opinion. Um, I think – like I said earlier in the pod that, you know, this is how the Warriors built this roster. And now it's like you made your bed and you got to lie in it. Like you built the roster yeah. so that the, 
you know, young players are going to be significant contributors this season. And now you kind of got to play them at some point like they are, or at least give them the chance to work through and play through some mistakes. <laughs> I agree. Well, Dub Nation, uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow. Kylan, are, are we, uh, is it too soon to uh, decide on Saturday? Regardless, I will be hosting a Saturday night live edition of Locked On Warriors following the Celtics game. Uh, w- will you be deciding later? Are you in now? I'll be to uh, be determined, but I hope to be. Okay, okay gotcha. yes. Gotcha. Sounds good. Well, regardless, that'll be going on. Hopefully, Kyle enjoys me for that. Um, I have some calls in for. Uh, I met Rick Buecher last night. He said he's going to come on the show soon, which I'm excited for. Uh, Jim Barnett hopefully will come on the show soon. Um, and there's a few other names that are on board that I hopefully will bring on. Kevin Dana joins me tomorrow. I think if anyone's going to give us a great James Wiseman assessment, it's Dana. He's been covering Wiseman for six games now as the play-by-play broadcaster for the Santa Cruz Warriors. Um, And no cap asks any update on Wiggins. No update, but I'm hoping, the hope is that uh, that was just a load management type thing where they rested him and that his abductor, which is basically his lower abdomen, uh, is okay because that can be a very serious injury. We've seen this with LeBron James now for – the last four or five years he's missed a lot of games um uh, because of a similar injury so let's hope that's not nothing serious because wiggins is out for a while they're in some serious trouble folks anything else kylan are we done that's it several people have pointed out and you are right 49er minded we pointed that out earlier today as the news just came out that wiseman is going to hey, be back boy. with the warrior so that's another reason that I'm very intrigued to see how this all plays out. Will James Wiseman look more ready? Has he made any strides after that G League run? Dana will have the insight and then we'll get to see it play out in real time. Absolutely. And folks, remember, there's no panic, no panic buttons hit yet. All right. Saturday is going to be huge. Um, But yeah, that game last night sucked. What are you going to do? Oh, well, it's only December, early December. Plenty of time. Thank you, everyone. yeah, until later. Oh, what happened to our chat overlay? Oh, there we go. I just want to make... Okay, all right. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Are we good? Are we done? Yeah? We're good.